In other words, in other Good morning. Welcome to In Other Words. I am your host of In Other Words, Susan Scher. My guest today is Julia Tucker. She is a homegrown girl. She lives in Catonsville. As most of you know, I live in Baltimore, Maryland. And she's a singer. She's only 25, and she's already doing pretty well. Julia, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So when did your singing career start? You've been singing all your life, right? I have. I've been singing since I could first speak. Music has always been in my family. My aunt was in the Baltimore Opera. My mom sang and played guitar for her church, and her entire side of the family sang or played an instrument also. My mom always had music in the house growing up. I was exposed to a wide range of music. The person I grew up listening to the most was by far Josh Groban. He's been my favorite singer since I was 11 years old. No. When did you start taking this seriously? When did you realize you were good? I started doing musical theater when I was eight years old. I played a radio singer in a play called Radio Station KIDS when I was nine years old. And I found I liked to sing solo. How broad is your range? My range is from the E below middle C to the C two octaves above middle C. So you've got about three octaves. Mm -hmm. That's great. I did musical theater all through middle and high school, I, as well as um, I did the school's chorus, and I was in all-county and all-state chorus. Cool. I know that you worked your way through college partly mm -hmm. by singing. The national anthem at their games. I actually started mm -hmm. the national anthem when I was 14, uh -huh. and I've done it almost 300 times to date, so it's been a long journey. Everybody knows it's hard to sing. But what a lot of people don't know is you don't get a note to start with. Nobody plays it. You just got a note in your head. Yeah. Any stories about picking the wrong note to start with? No stories about picking the wrong note, but I do have an interesting microphone story. Okay. A couple of times I was singing at a baseball game, mm -hmm. and after the second note of the song, the mic went out. And I was standing there, I go, oh, say, and then the mic cut out, and I was standing there mouthing the rest of the song. Oh my gosh, they didn't fix it? No, but at the one game, I got tickets to come back for another game to try again, so oh, okay. that worked out perfectly, and then the second time I sang the whole song. Okay, good, good. How did you get the opportunity to do that, to sing? The National like Anthem? Yeah. When I was growing up, my family and I went to a lot of minor league baseball games, and I would see these people sing the national anthem at these games. I thought, wow, that's a really good way to get out and sing in public. And so I did a recording and put together a performance resume and sent it to different teams and event coordinators, and it just took off from there. And besides loving to sing, the other reason I wanted to do this, getting into performing the national anthem, mm -hmm. I also wanted to honor our country and those who have served and are serving to protect our freedom that we're so fortunate to have now, you said something that you were looking for a chance to sing besides in chorus and in your room. Mm -hmm. So you already had the performance bug, didn't you? I did from a very young age. I started performing when I was eight years old. I did my first show then. And from then, I just found I loved being in front of an audience and loved singing and performing. Why? What do you get out of singing in front of an audience? Because a lot of people would hear that and think, oh, she just wants to show that, you know, how well she can sing. Mm -hmm. 
And that's not it, is it? I no. mean, that's part of it. The main point of why I love doing it so much is that I hope to express something to people, give them something that they can enjoy, give them something to relate to. So I just love expressing those emotions through music and performance that you can't always express through words. Okay, so I want to talk about working your way through school. Okay. So I have never heard of this even, this being a part-time job. Tell us about that. I went to Stevenson University. It's a local university. And they have two campuses. And I had sung for those games as a high school student at Stevenson prior to enrolling there for college. Now, how, how did that happen? I mean, they don't go out looking for people to sing the anthem, do they? I thought doing the college games would be a good opportunity. and So you asked them? Yes. Okay. And they had known me from doing it as a high school student. Mm-hmm. And then I got to college and wanted to continue singing for them. And they said, well, this can be your part-time job on campus, singing the national anthem at these games. And I did 161 games as a student there. Wow. That's a lot of Osaken you sees. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And you sought it out. You didn't wait for things to happen. You went out and made them happen. Definitely. That's the way to go. Because if you don't put yourself out there and find those opportunities, then those opportunities won't happen. Nobody's going to come knock on your door and ask you to sing. Right, right. So you're taking a very proactive angle. Definitely. Let's go back to Josh Groban now. You're madly in love with the man. You're being influenced by his music, right? Well, I don't know about madly in love, but I very much enjoyed him and his music. Yeah. Um, my interest with Josh Groban, I mentioned, I had heard him on the right. radio one night, and I looked him up, found his music, and was very much impressed with his talent and his words. So I just always had his music going on in my life, playing for everything. What took me so much with his music was his musicality and his expression and the overall quality of his voice. And you got to sing with him, didn't you? I did indeed. How did that happen? It was at DAR Constitution Hall in Washington, D.C. in 2015. I was able to sing the prayer with him there. I knew that he took people at concerts in the past to sing that song with him if you asked. And I received my ticket to the concert. It was my graduation present. And... I looked at my ticket and saw that it was 17 rows from the stage on the aisle. And I thought, wow, I have to take this opportunity. And so I typed a note explaining that I sing it and it's my dream to do that song with him. I walked up to the stage and held it up. And mm-hmm. then he took it and went from there and I was able to sing the prayer with him. I was thrilled. Oh, yeah, I saw that uh, video. Where can they fi- Tell them where they can find that video. The video is on my YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash juliatucker100. And it's spelled exactly the way you'd think it would be, mm-hmm. Julia Tucker 100. 100. And you will see that there. You will also see that she is going to be on the cast recording of a new show. Tell us about the new show first. The show is called Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. It's starring Josh Groban. And it's based on a 70-page section of War and Peace. And it's told entirely through song. And continuing from the show, again, it's based on War and Peace. It's all music. Okay, what part of War and Peace? What's the story? 
It's about a girl who's in love with this guy who's gone off to war. She's engaged to this guy. Natasha is the girl, and while he's off to war, this other guy, Anatole, falls for her, and Pierre, the other lead character, observes. Uh, what about the other lead character? What? He observes what's going on. It's kind of a love triangle. Oh, and the show has not opened yet, has it? It opened in November. Oh, it did? Okay. Yes. So, how did you get to be on the cast recording when you are not, in fact, in the cast? The show offered the public an opportunity to sing on the album, backing vocals for three songs. And I thought, wow, I have to take advantage of this. My schedule fit perfectly with when the recording was going to happen, where I was working. Well, that's just kismet. It was meant to happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I submitted my information, and the next day I received the email saying that I was chosen, and I was just over the moon. And now, how did they pick the people? It was based... It was based on your resume. Did you send in a sample of your voice? No, all you had to send was your contact information, and then they chose a certain number of people that entered from that. Okay. The story of how I found out is so funny. I was actually at the gym on the treadmill when I got the news, and (laughs) I was walking on the treadmill when I had my headphones plugged in, listening to my iPhone walking, and then I heard ding on the phone. Well, I stopped the music and checked the email and saw the news, and I turned that treadmill off and walked the heck out of that gym to call my parents. (laughs) Because you can't call from inside the gym. They don't like you to do that. I can't even imagine how exciting that was. Now, when you went to New York, Mm -hmm. how long did it take to record these songs? The session was from 6 to 7.30, but the interesting Hmm. thing is that it wasn't just us recording those songs. Josh Groban and Dave Malloy, who's the creator and composer of the show, were there also. And during that time, they also talked to us about their experiences with the show. Wow. And so to hear those perspectives was very interesting. I'll bet it would be. You never get to see what's behind the curtain. No. The highlight of the night by far was when Josh Groban came. I did not expect him to be there. It was a surprise appearance. And when Josh came out, I just could not believe that I was sitting 10 feet away in the third row. (laughs) And just to be in the same room listening to him and recording with him was incredible. Now, one thing I remember reading about you in one of the articles was, you know you can't do this for a living. And I'm curious why you said that. Because you seem to be doing quite well so far. Thank you. I would love someday to have that opportunity to do music for a living if it works out. But the thing is that that industry, it's been my dream since I was little to be on Broadway and be into music and do that as a career. But the industry is just so competitive and it's it's very difficult to make it in those fields as a singer making a living. So to have that backup plan... A, a regular career per se while pursuing that as a hobby on the side yes you can pursue music as a hobby and if you're lucky one day it may turn into a career but you also have to have that backup plan in case the music doesn't make its way into a career because it's so competitive it is so what is your career what was your master's in My undergraduate was business communication, and my master's was in business and technology management, both from Stevenson University, very proud Mustang alum. (laughs) And right now, I'm working as a digital media coordinator for a communications and publishing firm in Owings Mills. What does that mean? 
Digital media coordinator? Yeah. I do a lot of their online marketing, marketing outreach. So I'll be doing their e-marketing, e-blasts, as well as reporting their online marketing and working directly with clients. Okay. Okay. So this is something you want for a career? Definitely. I've always loved communications from the time I was young. Interestingly enough, my interest in that field came up from the arts. Well, I would think it would. That's a way of communicating. The arts are a way of communicating. Of course, growing up, you have that growing up in music, that communication aspect there. Right. But also in high school, I did musical theater there I mentioned before. Yeah. And I was on the publicity crew for a lot of the shows, which meant promoting the show, designing the flyer, getting people to come in that communication aspect. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, I love this. So that's where the public relations and marketing aspect that interested me as a career came in. That's amazing to me that people like doing that because I I don't. (laughs) So what are your plans? What can we expect from you in the next couple years? I took some time off from community theater and musical theater in general to go to school and get my career started, but now that I have my career started and am finished my degrees, I hope to return to musical theater very soon, and of course continuing my love of music and singing in general. That's great. And do you play an instrument? I do. I play guitar and piano. I started piano when I was 12 years old. And I started guitar when I was 16. Okay. Can you accompany yourself on the piano? I don't know how good you are. I can accompany myself on both instruments. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Actually, that was what stemmed my interest in those instruments was I didn't want to just sing. I wanted to sing and play those instruments at the same time, show both skills. Now, not just musical theater, but we, you know, there's piano bars, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered doing something like that, especially since you play piano? Well, I'm first and foremost a singer, mm-hmm. and those types of environments tend to be more, for um, I found, for people who may have more of a focus on the piano, and then the singing is kind of their secondary area. For me, singing is my primary area, and the piano comes second. Singing at a cabaret or something like that is not high on your plans. Well, it would depend as far as a full show. I couldn't carry that long of a show with the piano. I can still play a lot of songs on the piano, but not enough to do a full show. Okay. Well, what about if you had an accompanist working with you? Is that something, you know, putting together a 40-minute cabaret show, is that something that you think would be interesting for you? I've worked with accompanists before, And I would say definitely, depending on the show, that would definitely be something I would look into. Okay, because, yeah, that's your audience is right there, up close and personal. So, now, that's something. An accompanist, a good accompanist, Mm -hmm. is incredibly valuable, isn't he or she? Definitely. Can you talk about that a little bit? I think the biggest thing with working with an accompanist is that right from the start... 
it's important to know kind of where both of you stand because the biggest thing with working with an accompanist is communication, communication, communication. Mm -hmm. I found in my experience, communication is the biggest thing. For example, making sure you communicate your tempo clearly. If they have any suggestions for the music, making sure they communicate those because the mutual communication from both parties is what's going to lead to a successful collaboration. Yeah, definitely. So you want to always be involved in music, but you want communications to be your real, your real life, if you will. Well, I will definitely have music in my life very much so, but mm-hmm. I also would like to continue in the communication field to have that stability while pursuing my music. So Julia, you sound like you're off to a really good start. Thank you're, you. You're, you're, you're welcome. Again, you're, you're 25, right? Yes. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to tell us that we haven't already gone over? I dreamed on being on Broadway since I was a little girl, and this is kind of a small fulfillment of that dream. Now, do you think you may uh, pursue Broadway? I hope to pursue Broadway one day. I would love to play Alphaba and Wicked. That's my dream role. Okay. <laughs> All right. Again, this is Julia Tucker. And her YouTube station is youtube.com slash Julia Tucker 100. Yes. And you can find her there. You can listen to her singing with Josh Groban. Mm-hmm. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And you've been listening to In Other Words. I am your host of In Other Words, Susan Share. Thanks for joining us. Join us again. Bye-bye. In Other Words.